Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hello, friends. We are continuing today in our sermon series on glitter. And all throughout the series, we are asking the same question, which is, what if we scattered the goodness of God like glitter? I imagine all of you are familiar with glitter in some way, shape, or form. It gets stuck in tiny cracks and crevices um, months after somehow it ended up there in the first place. And whenever you walk by and it kind of catches the light, you see it and are reminded that the glitter is there. When I was younger, I did gymnastics, and one of my very favorite leotards had tiny little circle sequins that were sewn into the leotard kind of all over it. And over the years, these little kind of pieces of glitter started falling off. And regularly, I would be walking around the gym, even years after I had grown out of that leotard, and I would just see glimmers of glitter, little sequins all throughout the gym that would remind me of my sixth grade self and that Leo and just how far I had come since that moment. Our scripture this morning invites us to take the long view, to kind of pay attention to what has been years in the making. And um, that actually feels really fitting because I vividly remember preaching from this very same scripture in September of 2020. I was pre-recording my sermon from home on a camera that I happened to have gotten for an intro to photography class in college, and the camera cut off about every 11 minutes. So I had to make sure that I recorded enough of my sermon at one time before kind of going back and resetting it and recording like the second half of it. It was a wild season. Uh, we were not having in-person worship. Um, seeing friends and family was scary and risky. Um, I felt like I was living in a season of constantly like counting how many days it had been since I had seen people to kind of deduce how risky or not it was to go and hang out with my parents. Um, as a church community, like we were all spread out at this point, we were still fully online. It would be another four months before we got to have communion together on Christmas Eve. And if you remember, it was pouring rain and we had worship online and then had the drive through afterwards where people could come through and have communion under a large tent that they got to drive through. Um, it would be, you know, another five months even after Christmas before we started any kind of semblance of in-person worship. And, you know, needless to say, the last time that we visited the scripture together, it was the middle of a really hard and long season. And yet, I think, honestly, when I reflect back, this sermon was one of the most pivotal moments for me and how I approached um, the coming months after September of 2020. 
And to give some context to the scripture, um, the passage that we're going to be talking about comes from the book of Jeremiah. And the prophet Jeremiah is writing in this chapter to the people that are from Jerusalem, but that are living in exile in a place called Babylon. And our scripture this morning comes after the false prophet Hananiah had claimed that God would free them from exile in two years, which, spoiler alert, that just, it doesn't happen. It's way longer. And in chapter 29, Jeremiah is addressing God's people that are in exile in Babylon and kind of tells the truth of the situation, that they are going to be in exile for a long time, uh, not just two years, as Hananiah had said, but much longer than that. And we see kind of the setup of the letter in Jeremiah 29, verse 1. So we'll start there if you want to follow along, and then we'll skip around a little bit. Um, But Jeremiah 29, verse 1 says, These are the words of the letter of the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And then in verses 2 and 3, it kind of goes on to describe some background to the letter. Um, So we're going to pick up in verse 4 where the letter actually begins. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all of the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there. Do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for it is its welfare that you will find your own welfare. Then uh, verse 8 here picks up on the false prophet Hananiah we were talking about a moment ago. is claiming that exile would be way shorter than um, was actually true. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. Don't let Hananiah deceive you. Do not listen to your dreams that you dream. Again, this dream of leaving exile early. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon 70 years are completed will I visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place, back to Jerusalem. For surely I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, plans to give you a future with hope. In 2020, uh, I said that Jeremiah is essentially telling those that are in exile in in Babylon from Jerusalem to buckle up to get cozy. Go ahead, plant a garden, build a house, because you're going to be here to to reap the harvest, to dwell in that house. And while you're at it, plan on getting married here. Plan on having uh, not just your kids here, but your grandkids here. Make your house a home. This is not just a short-term kind of thing. Those words were very challenging to me in the middle of a hard season. I didn't want to get cozy or invest where I was. I, like many of us, just wanted to go back to normal. And yet, I think this sermon was one of the most pivotal moments for me uh, and how I approached those long months because this was a difficult season for all of us. I remember struggling with feeling disconnected, feeling lonely, missing being with people. Ministry was weird. It was all virtual and online. Um, We were all still kind of struggling to figure out how to do online worship and what this was going to look like. And I think about in that time, just like how clunky online worship felt, like we didn't really yet know what we were doing. It felt hard in that season to invest in ministry online. Um, 
so that even when we came back in person, um, it would, you know, be able to continue. And yet we felt called in that season to invest in this thing that felt really clunky because we believed that when we came back to in-person worship, that online worship was not going to end, but that this would be something that would continue in beautiful ways um, so that people could worship with us both from near and far, even beyond this season that COVID kind of called us to all worship online together. I think even if we couldn't necessarily name it at the time, in the midst of that hard season, we did just as Jeremiah instructed us to do. We invested right where we were. We planted seeds for the future. And friends, let me tell you what. The seeds that were planted in that season have completely blown me away again and again. Friends, in that season uh, that felt like exile, that felt like famine, um, where I often felt like I was just sitting around waiting to go back to Jerusalem, God was preparing an abundant harvest in a season that I often wondered, like, does anything that we are doing right now even matter? My imagination for the fruit that might come from that season, I think, was too small. But you see, even when our imaginations are too small, God's is not. Friends, my imagination of what God could do in exile was too small to even begin to dream about a people like Debbie, who if you were with us last week, you met her on the video with Amy. Um, Debbie, who connected online with us and built community and online worship and small groups such that the first time that she stepped foot in our building was for her mother's funeral, who she had been a caregiver for. Um, this funeral was over a year after Debbie had begun attending online with us. And I will never forget the moment that she kind of walked into the lobby and was greeted by this beloved community of friends that she had built in online communities. And she had spent, you know, hours and hours with them. But this was the first time that she got to encounter them face to face. And they had showed up with casseroles in hand, uh, ready to care for her well in that season. Friends, my imagination was too small to dream about people showing up to new members class the day that they moved to Fuquay or the first day that they visited our church in person because they had already worshipped with us online for many months. My imagination was too small to dream about our attendance being at an all-time high because of what online worship makes possible, uh, even in a season where church attendance kind of generally globally um, is trending more downwards. My imagination was too small to dream about all of the seeds that God was planting in this season. And yet, as we often sing about here in our contemporary service, even when we don't see it, God's working. Even when we don't feel it, God's working. Friends, we live in an instant gratification kind of world. And it takes a lot of patience and a lot of courage to be able to take the long view to plant something uh, when we know that the harvest is years away, that we might not even be the ones that reap the benefits, they get to eat of the harvest and dwell um, in the bountifulness of that space. Um, and yet, and yet we worship a God who regularly does immeasurably far more than we can ever ask for or imagine. We worship a God who generously invites us to reflect on the goodness of God like glitter, um, such that wherever we go, we are reminded of God's goodness and faithfulness, even in moments that feel like exile, that feel like famine, that feel like walking alone in the desert. I don't 
know um, kind of where this resonates for you or if you feel like you have kind of come through into a new season right now in your own life in the same way that I've kind of been reflecting on how our church has come through this season of COVID. Um, but I know for me, I've seen this kind of show up in a lot of different ways in my personal life. And one of these is that, you know, last week I got to go on a trip with um, my best friend and six of her closest friends. And we haven't necessarily all known each other all close up, but we have been proximate enough to one another's lives that we have, you know, been able to see when one person or the other in the group has been going through a hard season, even if we're not in the same city to kind of walk through it together. We've been able to, to kind of know kind of the struggles and the things that one another have been going through from losing loved ones to struggling with infertility to job transitions to long seasons that just felt like nothing good could come from um, the difficulty and kind of the pain of that season. And there was just a moment on this trip together where we were able to, we were kind of talking about how things are going and life and jobs and vocation and all kinds of things. And where we just took a moment to kind of pause and reflect on like, oh my gosh, there is so much that God has brought each and every one of us through in this season. And we just took a moment to kind of pause and rehearse the goodness of God and reflect on like how we could not imagine uh, what God was doing in the midst of those difficult seasons to be able to bring us to where we had found ourselves uh, today. And like, I don't, know for you if you've had that experience or if you've ever walked through a hard season yourself or with a friend or family member. Um, but I remember being reminded last week on this trip um, that it is one thing to be able to celebrate goodness in someone's life when, you know, everything is beautiful and shiny and it feels like everything is going well. Uh, but there is kind of a sturdy kind of sacred hope uh, and rejoicing that can come when a beauty and abundance just springs forth from the ashes of a season that just felt like nothing good might come from it. And what a beautiful opportunity to be able to rejoice and to reflect and rehearse the goodness of God in those kinds of moments. Friends, this morning scripture, uh, in a similar kind of way, invites us to take the long view of God uh, to trust that God is at work even in the midst of famine, even in the midst of exile, to trust that God's dreams for us are even more abundant than what our temporary wishes can long for. And so my hope for us this week, my hope for us as we continue to live in the midst of this season is that we can know and trust uh, that whatever it is that we are going through, whatever it is that we are struggling with, that we can, we can offer our temporary wishes to God. We can offer our hopes and our dreams to God, a knowing and trusting uh, that God hears us. And God is also um, the God that even when we feel like nothing is happening, that God doesn't hear our prayers, that we are just walking through the midst of desert and desolation, uh, that our God is with us. And that even in moments where we can't feel it, even in moments where we can't see it, we can trust and know that our God is at work even in the midst of those places of exile, those places of loss, because our God is the God um, who, who takes the long view, who walks with us, um, not just in seasons of rejoicing, but also in seasons of, of exile and, uh, and hardship. Uh, so may we, may we go and be a people that know and trust that our God is with us 
both in the rejoicing, but also in, in the grieving, knowing and trusting that our God will, will bring us to a better place than where we might find ourselves today. Amen. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, And while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Varina area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Varina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.